0: Welcome to The Sound, KQAL-FM's weekly behind-the-scenes look at Midwestern-made music. From writing and recording to distribution and promotion, The Sound is your source for new releases and exclusive interviews from Midwestern artists. Support for The Sound is made possible by a grant from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Rolling. Tonight on The Sound, we bring you Sugar, the debut album from Minneapolis's Fenix Dion. Their album, Sugar, brings a fresh perspective to the genre of guitar-driven rock music while honoring a wide range of influences. Personally, I first heard Fenix Dion live at Midwest Music Fest in La Crosse in September of 2022, and they caught my ear immediately. They reminded me of so much, but nothing specific that I could put my finger on, as they effortlessly blended their influences into their own brand of expressive rock. While I stood watching the band with my jaw half open, two names did pop into my head: Lenny Kravitz and Jeff Buckley. So I'm gonna leave it at that and let you make up your own mind. Here's KQL's Tobias Waters with Phoenix Dion to check out their debut album Sugar tonight on the sound.
1: you're listening to 89.5 kqal that was fenix by fenix dion from minneapolis and fenix dion is in the studio with us tonight how you guys doing
2: we're doing fine how about
1: yourself doing great doing great so very nice to have you guys here i'm gonna jump right into the questions here and ask what got you guys started in music like what were what your guys' background and i should say music before you guys met each other
2: um well my mom tells me i was singing usher at the age of three And it's kind of just been something I've always been doing. Um, Okay,
3: yeah.
2: Yeah, Green Day got me playing guitar uh, as a young buck. And it's been, I don't know, since I was nine years old, just playing guitar and playing in bands at 13.
1: So would you say uh, Green Day was a pretty big influence in Prince and that kind of like rock kind
2: of, you know,
4: pop rock?
2: At the beginning, when you're a young, young buck, that was what everybody was listening to. That's true, yeah. I was that age, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily put on you know, or American idiot now in any way, shape or form, but I might <laughs> book it out in the middle of like a rehearsal just to get a nice little chuckle from everybody.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, how about you? What kind of got your.
3: Yeah, I can, uh, I can relate to Keston with green day. I feel like, uh, I, I agree that green day at least, uh, kind of in the age we grew up, in the later 90s and early 2000s, definitely when learning an instrument, Green Day really was kind of a, feels like, or felt like a rite of passage. Um, I think that's kind of because of the simplicity of, of their guitar or the drums. Um, so Green Day definitely sparked a lot for me. Um, but uh, I'd say my influence really was more local, music, local drummers, um, some of of which I was friends with. Um, Shout out Kate Cuthbert. Honestly, Kate Cuthbert, um, my dear friend, um, really was the person who sparked my interest because she had learned how to play the drums. And so um, being close with her allowed me to also be close with um, her on drums. And uh, I feel like that really sparked something in me uh but yeah, you your question was, was asking prior to us meeting, yeah um, kind of how music began for us, but there was there was a couple chapters before me and Keston met and started to collaborate, but I really at this point, seventeen years later, um uh since starting to play drums, uh it really feels like Keston's been um part of my creative uh um, venture. Uh, with music really since the start um, so yeah
1: that's awesome well what, what brought you guys together
3: uh our oh, bands oh. overlap at the garage in burnsville
1: oh um, nice
3: yeah um bless the garage it's still chugging along um but yeah like so many other people i mean i i wouldn't be surprised if you've had other Bands interviewed on this station who at least referenced the garage, if not shared that, uh, that was kind of the origin of, you know, them meeting who they now collaborate with. So that's my answer with regards to how me and Keston met. He also did, uh, he came to my high school. Um, <laughs> I went to, I, I went to S- South high school in <laughs> South Minneapolis. Yeah, after meeting him briefly at a show at, at the garage, and and certainly being intrigued this ball um, and talented oddball Keston Wright. Um, ironically, I mean, this is some universe stuff. Ironically, he suddenly ends up in uh, my high school um, doing some. I think it was like a bully it theme, anti-bully. Excuse yeah. me,
2: play about bullying. Yes, I was a I was a bully, bro. <laughs>
3: So you played a
1: bully oh, in I the got, play for anti-bullying, then? So you yeah, were the bad yeah, guy, and the I villain. I
2: got dropped in the play, like I got uh, I got my butt handed to me. Oh wow! We'll say it that way since you're going to put it on the on the radio. But yeah, it was uh, it was a nice empowering thing for kids.
3: Um, so that's that's my that's my nutshell kind of me and Keston first meeting. Um, yeah, that's, that's awesome. So then.
1: You know, so you guys met, and then what kind of brought you on to, uh, you know, actually working together? You know, like, you guys obviously, uh, from what I did see online, you guys, uh, you know, recorded and, you know, started, uh, really brought the band together in 2020, am I right?
2: Who yeah, this this band, but... Oh, man, okay. The, so you guys have the, had... The amount of bands that Sam and I have put together, um, just playing in a basement and then tagging someone else or two other people on, and like... From the age we've been doing that since we were like 17 18 um also awesome. about eight years of just like random things like riverside and this band called
3: mango and we've just been going at don't, it don't don't you avoid don't you avoid the one prior to those oh, I'm not, I'm not, that's i'll say do. it i'll say it because i'll say it because he can't but uh i mean anyone who's listening who who knows me and or Keston, um is definitely waiting for us to reference. The first project we did, um, which was shortly after meeting at the garage, was um, a band called Give It Up um, with two other friends, Andre Mooring and Josh Swiven. And uh, I mean, again, your, your original question was what kind of really not only introduced us together, but kind of how did the music start? And I'd say uh, it was just similar interest in music and um also i definitely could recognize his passion and and um excitement to to not only play music but also perform um and then that kind of really had that platform of that that first band me and keston did together that was titled uh, give it up so r.i.p yeah. but not really that's uh, you were aware. thank god we're not doing
4: that yeah, really.
3: thank god you guys got <laughs> phoenix at this point and not give it up if it was the other way around well we wouldn't be talking on a radio station so. <laughs> well hey you know uh, i think every step of the way
1: is obviously very important for you guys and you guys are obviously about to break a big milestone so uh, oh
3: i hope fingers crossed thank you
1: of course of course we're gonna jump into the next song here Yeah, and then, you know, the next song that we're going to be playing here is also another one of my favorites from it was Snake Eyes. Mm -hmm. So we're going to jump into that song, folks. This is 89.5 KQAL. Here is Snake Eyes. That was Snake Eyes by Phoenix Dion. They are in the studio with us right now. Welcome back. Tell us a little bit about that song.
2: Uh, Snake Eyes is a song about trying to find luck and hoping that karma is on your side and really hoping that things come together eventually and the gamble that we all live day to day of the the goals we want to make and the dreams that we want to have the things that we want to have for our future selves and just holding on to hope in in some way uh snake eyes is really the the embodiment of kind of a desperate hope that i guess a lot of artists find themselves in and maybe that translates to people who aren't making art but yeah
4: hopefully. i
2: think you're yeah that's a
1: yeah that's a great statement on that i would agree with that a lot um, you know, take me through the writing process. You know, not just with this song, but with your whole album. Do you guys write together?
2: Oh, we uh, we we'll jam a lot, um, and usually in a two and a half hour, three hour jam, we'll come up with three or four, five, six. Sometimes on a good day, like eight or seven, seven or eight, uh, good ideas. Wow! And, and we'll I wish of I had that play. kind of uh, <laughs> success oh, yeah. with well, my brainstorming. Like, we we are pretty diverse musicians in what we listen to and what we're able to play and sort of the colors and the sonics that we want to go uh that we want to work on and, and yeah. listen to. So every once in a while we'll just go through all the different colors that we want to dive into and. Sometimes it's a really good day, and sometimes it falls flat, and then we work on some things. I honestly,
3: honestly, I'm so grateful. I just have to cut Keston off and say, as far as I'm concerned, 90% of the time, regardless of how our day personally has been going, I really, I mean, I hope you'd agree with me. Let's drop it down to 80%. 80% of the time, Mm -hmm. a good amount of fresh stuff comes out, um, maybe 20% of the time it kind of falls flat. But mm. even then, it's still me and Keston, um, you know, sharpening our craft and it's still practice. I mean, that's what's so cool about jamming with people is, you know, I guess I'll describe it as two birds, one stone. You know, you're you're not only practicing your instrument, but you're also potentially working towards the birth of some song that you're actually going to flesh out more um, and and finish up. And, and, you know, actually drop. So uh, we definitely also comment that key to the writing is, man, iPhones these days, maybe all smartphones, but my apologies. But me and Kesson <clears throat> both use Apple iPhones. But regardless, we, uh, it's, it's always uh, really important for one of us to press record on the voice memo app. Mm -hmm. and uh it's incredible um how decent those recordings are these days on an old old iphone it wouldn't have worked it would have been very blown out but these days it really it's not blown out it's it's very it's easy to listen to um and so every time we go into the studio and jam um we press record and uh, we know that everything's been uh documented so it's easy to kind of go back and reference any moments, we feel like there was something, um, you know, happening. So that's typically it. And usually, I mean, almost entirely, it's usually just me and Keston. I feel like that's another rule that we found works really, really well, which is, you know, not too many voices um, and, and really instruments in the room. Um, I, I suppose the metaphor is, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen. Too many cooks? Oh, so that's, the, that's uh, the corgi. The oh, corgi. Yes. My apologies. They're just trying to
1: get into the interview, too. I understand
3: that. That, that wasn't that wasn't me or Keston, just to be clear. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I think that's also worth mentioning that it's, uh, it's just me and Keston, and, and it kind of works best that way. We know some really, really incredible, talented People who other musicians, uh, but man, Keston can play every instrument other than drums. That's why I'm here. <laughs> um, so we're we're okay with if we got a room full of instruments, just me and him. And it, I think it's made the writing a lot lot easier. Would you agree with that, Keston?
2: Well, I'd say what we end up doing most of those times, and when it's just two people, we're really like honing in on the skeleton of a song and making sure that something is melodic and rhythmic and super simple with just a drum set and one instrument Mm because I'm either using I'm either playing bass and the bass is the driver or I'm playing guitar and the chord progressions are the driver of the song Um, and just keeping it simple keeping it really really cut and dry and then adding things that accentuate it uh, in my room where I record everything into my laptop into Ableton and mix it there as well, and then send it off to Zach Zern out
3: at uh, Carpet Booth in Rochester. Mm. So, shout out Zach.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I feel like Carpet Booth is based in Winona though. No.
2: Mm-mm.
3: Really? Mm-mm. Do you know? Have you heard of Carpet Booth Tobias? I have, and I'm not Good. sure.
4: Okay. Where they Agreed. are
1: located either. Uh, it looks like they're located in Rochester. I looked it up here. Okay. You
4: are correct.
2: Yeah. No. Keston's, Keston's
3: right for a change.
2: Got facts, facts, <laughs> on facts, man. Don't hold me
3: back. I, I do I do want to highlight Keston referenced another key um trick of ours is or it's not something we came up with. I've I feel like we were inspired by um other musicians that we appreciate about that whole rule of less is more. And yeah. every other band I've done, whether it was a band with Keston or not with Keston and other people, um, this is the first one I feel like uh, that, that was a real, that was a real commitment of ours when um, working on these songs and trying to, you know, flesh out the demos more. Uh, and I think that's part of what's made the music on sugar the the way that it is. It's it is, it is more simple than complicated. And I think that really makes it more enjoyable to listen to and easier to finish that type of song too. For sure.
1: Yeah, that was, uh, that was fantastic. I mean, just your guys's process and stuff, you guys, you know, it sounds, pro- you know, obviously very professional. I think that's really going to do, you know, you guys a lot of favors in the future for sure. I mean, it's, you know, and not in just in terms of professional as in traditional, but like you guys have such a good connection, obviously that uh, you know it's not as much of a chore that I think a lot of musicians feel mm-hmm. like they have to go through oh, to pro- to yeah, make enough. music.
2: Uh uh-huh. If I need drums, it's Sam, Sam's the guy for drums always. For sure,
1: that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, we're gonna jump into the next song here, guys. Uh, you're listening to eighty nine point five KQAL here is pain and fear
4: sometimes it's it's tough like you know sometimes it's hard to get out of bed but when you do like when you just go out in the world that's to me that's that's real that's true courage like every day is a battle i know that but i mean to live to choose to live that in itself is great great great, 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 great. To keep. That's
1: how I see me. Hey, this is 89.5 KQAL. That was Pain and Fear. I've got Phoenix, er, f- that was Pain and Fear. I've got Phoenix Dion in the studio. Welcome back. Tell me a little bit about that song. Uh,
3: that's definitely more Keston's track mm-hmm. than mine. So, um, Pain and Fear, uh, hmm.
2: Man, when I was writing that thing, uh, the lyrically it's talking about – man, we're going to get really deep here real quick. Go for it. Please do. Pain and Fear is literally about how uh, men, people who see themselves as men and see themselves in a world as men, uh, are held back by their pain and fear – to let themselves open up emotionally and i've seen how masculinity you can call it toxic feel free i understand completely how uh it destroys people over time Uh, i have a very abusive father who has done some crazy horrible things in his lifetime to most of the people that he has interacted with and i know that he comes from a childhood that was completely surrounded by pain and fear and trauma and abuse and just a life that no one really deserves and he came out of it in a lot of ways a monster because he wasn't able to address the pain and the fear and the trauma and the abuse that he had dealt with his 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 upbringing Uh, And pain and fear is acknowledging that and hopefully breaking through that cycle and acknowledging the work that we all need to do, especially as men, because we continually cause are the causers of a lot of pain and abuse uh, to people around us because Mm -hmm. of our physicality because of the power given to us by society because of quite a few reasons
3: the lizard brain
2: yeah um it's that's what that song's really about but sonically i was trying to hit some like uh neptunes old neptune stuff during the the Mm -hmm. chorus and doing something a little bit more current on the verse uh yeah i wanted to do something that seemed more like a a pop track from the current day, as close as I could get it, even though I listen to like only 70s, 80s, and 90s music. Uh, yeah. Oh so,
1: yeah. No, that's what it is. For sure. So when you guys are recording, you know, take us through the process of actually recording. So you guys have, you know, banged it out. You wrote it. You know everything down. And when you go into the studio, uh, are you you're going to a studio? Are you at home? It sounds like you're going to a studio and carpet booth, correct? It,
3: it sounds, it sounds like it, but I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to toot Keston's horn here. Uh, it's all it, at least with the sugar record that that was all Keston's ability and skill um, which you didn't necessarily have prior to sugar, or at least it wasn't on the level it is now. Mm. But I guess because of the excitement with uh, the demos we had been writing uh Keston was a shining example of in this modern day the uh the amount YouTube can can be of help <laughs> and uh so yeah as far as i'm concerned with this record at least um that that was the recording process was all Keston telling me <laughs> you know where to be and when um really which was his basement um mm-hmm. and uh that was really all casting wow, kind of working awesome. off of a pretty, you know, down to earth DIY kind of setup. Is mm-hmm. that is that appropriate to say?
2: Um, yes, definitely DIY, but I'm also kind of a... I, I want the best of the best. Uh I don't have preamps on preamps, but the the good preamps that I use are are of quality and I like good speakers and I like really good headphones but um yeah we just record the drums in the basement and i usually work with just a few loops of a drum to really get the structure of a song down Mm -hmm. and then i just start fiddling away seeing what fits seeing what doesn't really trying to find the grooves of the puzzle and seeing what fits in and make sure that everything rings true to what sam's doing and i don't change what he's doing at all really There may be a moment where, uh, like, there was a bridge for, I think it was Morals, where I just take a fill that he did, and I'm like, okay, no, that's actually going to be the whole bridge looped, just because it had sort of, it it had the charge that that bridge needed. So, yeah. yeah,
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Literally
2: just a drum loop, and I kind of produce it like a hip-hop record, Mm -hmm. because I worked on... A few tracks for hip-hop artists in Chicago and I was working with a guy who was doing a lot of that stuff uh, and yeah so it kind of
3: overlapped into my workflow now and, and is another yeah. different lane added to this whole mix I feel mm-hmm. like it is true that that loop um, that looping you got into with with the the drum takes I was doing um, does add that kind of hip hop, um, you know, element as well as some of the playing in itself, of course, with the drums. Yeah. Um, but I, I would say, I mean, thinking out loud right now, during this, this interview with you, Tobias, um, I, I do feel like that's definitely worth acknowledging. And, and once somebody listens to a couple of these songs, if not the whole record, um, knowing that, uh, I feel like you can, you can definitely recognize it in there but not in a in a bad way mm-hmm. I, I think it mm-hmm. it actually it's pretty and, subliminal and and if it's if, if subliminal anyone subliminal had a problem with it it would be me because you know uh, here i am doing these these takes and um for some of these songs keston took you know 10 seconds of a 2 minute long take um but uh i think if anything i'm probably the biggest fan of it cuz i think it it did add an interesting Um, again, very simple, less is more, Mm -hmm. um, kind of feel to, to the, the full record start to finish.
1: That is awesome. So, you know, kind of just continuing on how, how things are going as you record, you know, like you're saying, how, how do you feel your tunes end up evolving as you're recording? Like, do you see, you know, you go in with an idea and as you're playing that you kind of change gears. Does that kind of happen for you guys?
2: are you talking like current day what we're writing right now yeah for
1: for sugar specifically yeah
2: oh for su- for sugar um i really just work on what feels good in the moment mm. uh for like a, a track like breathe i knew i wanted this super chaotic almost uh kendrick lamar thing and i had this idea yeah. in my head of like i want these colors and these tones and this energy and to outline this despair and this this sort of spinning vortex and and to be able to kind of put that energy into the sonics and the the the, the textures that I put on drums or the 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 guitars whatever it may be there's always something new that I want to try and a lot of times I feel like I miss the mark unless I sit on it long enough or as long as Sam's like, it's so good, Gene. You just gotta, you gotta go back to, it. you gotta, you gotta find time, Gene,
3: and just work on the music. More of a hype man than a drummer. Is. I mean, you're sounding <laughs> I, more I definitely... like your
1: Jerry Seinfeld in that situation. Really, I
3: mean, that, yeah, that, that yeah.
1: voice was very Seinfeldy.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm a mix of a lot of. I'm a mix of a lot of characters, but uh, yeah, it's, it is. It is so true. That's awesome, so you you know you
1: guys are very open minded as you record. I know that can set a lot of musicians back as to not being able to uh you know you have one idea and you won't move on from it, you know, and it can destroy mm-hmm. music, you know, so it's awesome yeah. that I know, think
3: I think if anything, we've got the opposite um problem, which is more or less it's got its ups and its downs, but I feel like um at least keston who is kind of at the end of the day the the real sculptor of the music um you're very quick to move on and the the good thing is we have plenty of things to move on to you know the the collection of you know semi worked on demos is it it almost seems endless at this point which again is a good problem to have but um i don't think we get stuck on things i think it's the Mm -hmm. opposite we just kind of maybe should spend more time but Either we're really hyped about other ideas we have um, or we just recognize that uh, it's just we're not grooving with that in that moment. And uh, it might be best to uh, move on and and try and find something that is kind of speaking to us that day. Yeah. yeah. It's
2: fantastic.
3: Yeah. And uh, one of my
2: problems for sure is uh, I am a flip-flopper. I am very indecisive. And there's moments where I want to make a record like uh, uh, Bill Withers. Uh, this is Bill. Uh, it's a super calm, unbelievably simple record. Great songs on it. Great songwriting. Great rhythms and flow through the whole entire thing. And then I want to make a record like Fuzz's 2 record that's just gnarly. And you can, like, break down a motorcycle to it. And it's just... it's chugging through and it's in your face and chaotic and distorted and loud and then there's days where i'm like i wish i was tyler the creator and nobody else you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah for sure so
3: right i call him flip-flop sometimes he he's such a flip-flopper that that's that's probably the best one of many <laughs> nicknames i have for testin but that's probably the most fitting so much so that as i've promised him if if we ever find success um his version of one of those kind of gold chains that
2: yeah successful
3: mm-hmm. musicians waste their money on. Um his <laughs> that's gonna be this big um glittery flip flop. Um which you're
2: I totally worry. you're
3: down
1: for I totally so this, I mean, that is is some flop that would be some awesome bling. I mean that is gonna mm-hmm. be fantastic.
3: Call him call him flip flop from now on mm-hmm. flip flop. <laughs> there you go.
1: <laughs> I like it. <laughs> We're going to jump into the next song here on 89.5 KQAL. This is Sugar, which is also the name of the album. Hey, this was 89.5 KQAL. We are back in the studio with Fennec Dion. That was Sugar, which also is the name of your album. Now, let's really dive into, you know, the album is, you know, what inspired the, you know, well, for one, uh, inspired you guys to, you know, really kick off this album, obviously with so many iterations of different bands that you guys have done together. What made you decide that this was, this was the one?
2: Well, honestly, we didn't know until someone told us that it was the one, because I made this record to cope with the life that I was living in that space and time, and it was my way of really having a conversation with myself of the things that I needed to change and the problems that I saw within myself and the problems that I had accumulated over my time of developing and becoming a grown man, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really made a record to be therapy for myself. And then Mark Garing, our manager was like, yo, this is really good. And I was (laughs) like, well, it was kind of a a process to make uh, pretty in in a lot of different ways.
3: So I, I want to say that I appreciate your question, Tobias. Uh, I actually just made a post on our our band's Instagram today, and this was kind of the general theme of the caption. Uh, I think it was the fact that we didn't we didn't begin with that expectation, uh, and I, I think it's 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 really interesting for me to reflect back on all these other bands I've done, which you know tried to tackle. Um, you know, a serious pursuit of music in a, in a variety of different ways. Each one was different in its own way. Some were really, really casual, um, which is its own proper respectable attitude to have um, when trying to, to build a band and, and do whatever with it. But I really think, um, again, I appreciate your question, that the trick with this was there, was, there wasn't that expectation as to, you know, we need to hunker down during quarantine mm-hmm. um, and just we need to write the music for. I feel like that's almost, you know, it, it's just that putting that kind of pressure on yourself um, as a striving musician. I feel like I, I encourage more musicians, any musicians listening to, to try and do that. But it's it's kind of once you try, it kind of loses its authenticity it's a organicness Mm -hmm. uh so in a way i i mean this is this is these are my thoughts not necessarily keston's but almost uh, uh a matter of of luck that we just we just recognized after doing multiple bands together and really just getting along as people yeah um that we just wanted to get creative again and and play music just to play music but I think because of that, there was no expectations other than just enjoying spending time with each other and playing music. That was one of the real ingredients that led to the music that ended up occurring. If that yeah. makes sense.
1: No, it makes, that makes perfect sense. That's a i i I love that. That was that, that how it was, how, oh my God, English is hard. I love that. That is uh, how that evolved. And, and, mm-hmm. You know, especially with the you know being told especially by Mark, who you know if you wanna shout him out too, he's a pretty big influential person here at k q a l with you know Charlie Parr and stuff too you know we've done a mm-hmm. lot of work with him involving that um that you know he he told you guys that that was you know that this could you know this was a good album, you know, and so I like that mm-hmm. it went from you know therapy which i love that you know that phrase music is therapy for a lot of people and that you did it Mm -hmm. yourself i mean you made your own music to be your own therapist and now it's this album that's debuting you know and so
4: uh
1: you know by the time this airs uh your album would have been out for a little bit but your the drop date is the 23rd am i correct
3: the 23rd is the show we're really hyped about oh, okay. a 7th Century, but the 21st is going to be the release this Friday.
1: 21st. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So by the time this airs, it will have been out uh, and your music will be in our station the day it drops. And so, mm, uh, you know, our, our audiences would have probably already heard a couple of songs by the time this airs. Uh, oh. So kind of a fun little, little thing on that. But what's mm-hmm. your, where do you see this, you know, Phoenix Dion going? Or Fe- sorry, f- where do you see Fenix Dion going?
2: You know, I really try not to look at stuff like that. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> it I'm kind of goes a against the whole how right, you guys made your album. I can only really think about, like, okay, when's the next gig? Who needs to be there? What do they need to have so they can do the job that they need to get done? Because mm-hmm. we hire we hire in musicians, because I'm straight up, like, I love musicianship, and I love hiring musicians and making uh being a musician, I want being a musician to be something that you can actually thrive off of. Uh, it's it's making me broke, but oh my God, it's n- I'm never going to change it. I'm never going to change it. Um, That's awesome. So I, don't, I really have no idea. Uh, I didn't expect to, for this record to have the attention that it does now. I didn't expect for this record to have the respect that it does now. I didn't imagine this record bringing me to the place that sam and i are at right now and planning a cedar release at 7th street and knowing that it's going to be a great time and excited to pull in four additional people to help pull it together and it's uh it's all kind of something i couldn't even dream of so
3: I agree with Kesten, but I'll also say some <laughs> some easier some easy answers are way more music, way more consistently. Ideally, way more shows because I mean, for me, that's my favorite part of this is yeah. is performing on stage and playing live. Oh, um, for sure, yeah. But uh, I, I definitely add those two things. But uh, yeah. Just try and represent the Twin Cities and, and make the Twin Cities proud. customs from St. Paul. I'm from Minneapolis. Um, so really just strive. Yeah, you're really to representing the, both to, sides of the Twin Cities, I'd, really. I'd like to think so, yeah. But, I mean, that's that's up for debate. But I, I hope most people, as they get introduced to Phoenix, um, uh, believe that that we kind of are, are doing a, a proper job of, of doing so yeah um, and can kind of support us for even just that reason in itself so for sure
1: that is that is fantastic well you know guys thank you for so much for being here and uh this has been a great interview uh, yeah again. thank
3: you tobias tobias thank you thank You're you done. kqal
1: perfect thank yeah you. got it right perfect yeah heck yeah
0: Thanks again to Phoenix Dion for joining us tonight on The Sound. To hear more from Phoenix Dion, check them out at FenixDion.com. For more deep dives into local and regional albums, tune into The Sound every Wednesday night at 6 right here on 89.5 KQAL. You can also listen to past episodes on The Sound on your favorite streaming services. Find links at KQAL.org. I'm Bill Stoneberg, and we've just got a taste of sugar from Phoenix Dion on The Sound. Thanks for listening to The Sound. The Sound is produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. Visit us online at kqal.org. Theme music for The Sound provided by Mike Terrell of Fires of Denmark.